Yo, yo, what's up? It's your man, Jeffrey. We're down here at the Village Stage at Shambhala. Uh, it's Sunday night. I'm joined here by my man, Sticky Buds, one of the great performers who plays here every year. Sticky, how you doing today? I'm really good. I'm really good, thanks. Thanks for joining us. I just thought I'd ask you a couple questions. Uh, we're down. You've been playing Shambhala a lot of times. I'm just curious, how did you get into Shambhala the first time, and how long have you been playing here? This is my 14th year playing here and 17 years attending. Uh... It started from Richie. Richie runs a fractal forest, lived in Kelowna for a few years. And uh, one of the DJs had some obligations that he had to leave the country for. So a spot, there was a couple spots open in the fractal one year. And we had a really healthy scene in Kelowna, clubs and, and raves and stuff like that. And Rich decided to have kind of like a impromptu DJ competition one night. So J-Pod and I both... Uh, played some music and a lot of people did but yeah we had we had the support of kind of like a lot of the DJs in the community because we'd both that was literally the first year I started DJing this was 2005 uh, so yeah we played some music and Rich asked us to come play a set here and J-Pod and I both and we've been DJing here ever since in the Fractal. No kidding when you were uh, first playing at uh, coming to Shambhala as a guest did you see yourself playing there was it a goal that you really wanted to get to or uh, did it kind of just fall into your lap? Yeah, it kind of just happened like when I was coming here the, the few years before uh, I started DJing. Like they, I, I wasn't thinking I was going to be a DJ or anything. I just, I'd been going to raves and parties for, you know, since the really early 2000s. And uh, it was just something I loved. I really loved the music. And then, uh, yeah, when I finished high school, I, I moved to Edmonton just for a year. And I was going to parties out there and I went to a record shop called Foosh and I bought uh, my first record and I was just like oh I'm gonna get some turntables and learn, learn how to play this and I came I moved back to Kelowna uh, that that year and I, I had a car actually that I, I didn't need anymore and I sold it and I bought turntables and a mixer and I taught myself how to DJ in a couple months and played my first rave a few months after that I put out a mixtape called Body Breaks uh, which you can get on my website if you're curious stickybuds.com and uh, yeah, I got asked to DJ at some raves and then the, the thing happened with Rich and then that was like the start of my whole career, basically just played a Shambhala the first year I was a DJ. And I've uh, just been doing it ever since and working hard and making music and yeah. Was uh, Shambhala a big influence on your career? Did it really, it was a big springboard into uh, further sets and gigs and travel and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I basically owe my whole career, you know, the, the starting of it to this because it was just an amazing launching pad to to grow as a musician and a DJ and, and, and have a showcase for it. I mean, like playing in the Fractal is one of the best spots in the entire world. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be like I was able to get some people who liked what I was doing and get booked, you know, as you kind of get the Shambhala name behind you and that you're a performer there, a lot of more options open up. So, yeah, that was just the start and just like really nicely organically grew every year from there. Yeah, no doubt. Fractal Forest is definitely one of the coolest venues I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, do you play there? I know you play there every year. Is that like kind of an, uh, an obligation because of the they hooked you up and you want to keep doing it there? Or is it, do you have de do artists have deals with stages that they always play there? Or can you bounce around a little bit? Um, there are artists who bounce around. It's very much like all the different stages are families. You know, and like there's guys who play at different stages mostly because they, they want to or like, you know, it's different vibes in, at the different stages of Shambhala. So there's some artists who want to explore that. I'm, for what I do and what I, you know, me 
is, you know, I'm the fractal. The fractal's a part of me. That's where I want to do my thing. It's the best spot for it. And yeah, the rich and the fractal crew there, they're all my, my family, my homies. And I'm, I'm sure if I wanted to, I could probably play at some other stages and stuff, but I'm really happy just doing the fractal. And that's what I'll always do, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, to me, like, I'm definitely around the Western Canadian thing. Chambala is, like, the pinnacle of music festivals as far as I'm concerned. I'm just curious, how does it, like, uh, you've been around a lot of places. How does it stack to other festivals internationally? Uh, is it your favorite, or is it just uh, a home base? How, like, how does it feel compared to all the other festivals that you play? It has its own special thing, for sure. I mean, I've played all over the world in 25 different countries and played festivals all over the world and stuff, and, and in Chambala's world-renowned for what it is you know it's a special place it's got a special vibe Canadians and the people who come to Shambhala are a special breed of party people who really like appreciate a lot of different kinds of music and appreciate you know the the hard work that goes into everything and they're really fun to play to and really vocal and uh, yeah th there's festivals that are bigger and have more stuff and stages and stuff but for the size of what Shambhala is and how it's grown it's like there's nothing like it in the world the fact that every stage is its own little ecosystem run by super passionate people who are all really passionate about each stage that's one of the things that makes a huge difference uh, so yeah everything is kind of like everything's growing at the same time but things are growing in different levels and layers because it's all different people doing different stuff and yeah it's amazing it's it's a really unique and special festival yeah, I was really surprised to learn that the amount of independence that each stage have, and they're organized by completely different crews, and like the kind—I of, don't want to say comp competition—but they're all trying to make their stage the one. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I mean, there's lots of friendly competition in the DJ world too, and like you know, it's a big reunion each year of all the homies, and we're all showing off like our new, our new tunes, our new like skills, what we've been up to. You know, like cutting dub plates and like dropping really special stuff, and everyone. Yeah, there's like it's there's a camaraderie, but it all pushes us to, you know, just bring our A game, and yeah, the stages and the. The production value is the exact same thing. And yeah, for the record, it's my favorite place to play in the world, like above anything for sure. Yeah, I bet. Uh, you were mentioned earlier that when you do, when you do a set for Shambhala, it's custom made, you plan it out for Sham. Uh, can you walk me through a little bit of the creative process of building a, uh, uh, of a set for Shambhala and for Fractal Forest specifically? Do you kind of plan it with the stage in mind and how do you go about creating a set for that? Yeah, so I'll have like the sets that I've been making kind of all through the year, playing at parties and, and festivals and stuff like that. And they'll usually be a couple really choice bits that I really like and have, you know, put a lot of work into. And I'll kind of use those as like, you know, I know I've got five or ten minutes here and there. And then, but basically like the, the process of it is that I collect as much amazing music that I can find from my friends, from myself, from just totally random musicians I find. You know, I spend a good like at least a full week just scouring the internet world and like digging through all sorts of things like I'll go into SoundCloud and I follow maybe 800 different people on SoundCloud and I'll open up every single one of their pages of the artists I like and go through to see what they've done maybe go check out what they've liked and see all sorts of stuff just like just dig you know like electronic digging and so I'll find all that music I'll download like that's a selection process and then once I've collected you know like hundreds of new songs and albums and all sorts of stuff I'll go through and listen to it all again once that collection is there kind of star things that I think is really good that like maybe fits and then I'll start kind of compiling like everything that I mix in the sets that I make it's all harmonically in tune so there's like not only a flow of like 
BPMs, but there's a flow of like harmonics, like songs that are in the key of E and F and like different combinations of that. And then those songs that I know I'm going to play, I start getting all the stems for. So I'll reach out to the producers. Hopefully, usually a lot of them are my, my friends already. So it's just like send an email over. I'm like, hey, can I just get the stems to the song, which means all the pieces so I can have the acapella, which is usually the most important part, like almost all the things I play, either I put vocals on or change them where they have vocals. And so when I have the stems, I'm able to not only like just mix a song into another one, I can carry on pieces from one song into another one. So it's like you flip the song, but you're carrying on elements as you go. And then like a lot of the times they're different genres and stuff. So I'm like engineering these transitions of different genres and different stems. And every year it gets more complicated just because I get, I get better at it. So like a lot of the mixes this year, I had the full stems of the songs and just like at a breakdown or a certain part, I'm like making these transitions to go from like uh, for example, like uh, like mid-tempo, which is like 100 BPM kind of funky stuff, I'll break that all down and through the transition, move it up into house music and then like have those elements playing over a new house song and then do that up to drum and bass and another breakdown. But there's a real uh, skill of like figuring out what is enough of each kind of section to keep people in. Because if you're just like changing everything super fast, people like can't really get into the groove. So there's like, yeah, I've been doing this for like a really long time, this style of like engineering sets in music. And yeah, you know, every year I'm just kind of like fine tuning how I do things. And so it's a lot of prep work like that. Uh, I engineer it all in a big master session kind of before the festival and it's like a giant puzzle that I'm weaving together and fine tuning over weeks and hundreds and hundreds of hours and waiting for emails like literally so like another part is that like I work with lots of MCs and stuff and Blackout JA uh, he's a awesome uh, Rastafarian Jamaican he lives in the UK he's uh, done a lot of work with me uh, over the years he's kind of been like my Shambhala MC so if you listen to my mixes over the years you hear him a lot we also just did a new new tune together on on the album that i just put out but i'm like i'm writing blackout i'm like we're figuring out some new jingles and stuff and i'm figuring out what that's going to go over and i'm making new tunes and like hiring other random people to like do stuff and like literally like days before the festival sometimes just because it's like such a crunch of work and i'm figuring out new stuff i'm like two days before the festival like waiting for pieces to come in from people to like complete these ideas to make this stuff and thankfully almost always it works out and like it's just like it's down to the last minute but that's kind of like one of the fun parts of it too is just making all these things happen uh something yeah like there's some things that i've figured out way in advance and then yeah down to the wire on something sometimes but it's it, it, that's that's the gist of it yeah i'm a pressure worker too need those deadlines stuff like that you say you get some stem files from other artists uh when you want to mix a track when you reach out to them are they typically pretty receptive of it and it, is it uh, a lot easier to do once you're a, a more well-known name than when you're just starting out definitely um, yeah when you're kind of starting out and you don't have much behind your own name like even just your own tracks and stuff like that like just cold calling like big producers sometimes and there's still you know there's lots of times and I'll reach out to guys that they're not in our circle I haven't met them DJing and you know we don't have that connection yet there, there's all sorts of people out there so there's some people that are very guarded of their stuff and there's some people who like understand the creativity and what kind of doors can be opened when you help out people by giving them those kind of because like you know that that's all our it's our music it's our special stuff you know like all the vocals I just got recorded on the album I just put out like so much work and emails and heart and like just the amount of work that goes into it to just 
give that away to someone to you know do their thing with it there's like a level of trust there that like usually comes from knowing someone and knowing what they're about so yeah for because I've been doing this for so long there's a couple guys I reached out to this year that I'd never talked to before and when I'm I'm like just asking them for stems and acapellas and stuff when they come back they're like yeah man I've known your work for a long time like I'm really happy to share these for you like that that's a really nice feeling just to get like nods like that from some people and yeah and it's a lot of homies I mean probably like three quarters of the music and my sets are made by our circle of friends and like the network that we built over a long time so that's easy I feel bad for some of my friends because literally some of them like just every year I'm like oh I love this song can I get this acapella this acapella this acapella the guitar line from this song all the stems from this song they're like fuck Tyler okay god and like they'll give it to me and I'm like oh actually I need this part like broken down twice more into like can you take the delays off the guitar because it sounds weird when I bump it up to house music you know I need it like super bare bones but they're always great you know I love my friends and and comrades and stuff so much because they put up with me but at the end of the day it makes such a sweet cool product you know and they're they're proud of it because I you know I take a lot of pride and make sure the things that I do are awesome in my opinion you know and and usually my friends are down with that too so yeah it's fun I kind of look at it all like someone else asked me this question I was like it's kind of like I'm a gardener and I'm growing a whole bunch of stuff and I'm just out in the fields just like grabbing everything and then once I have all the ingredients you kind of see what kind of like salad or dinner you can make with it all you know and you never really know until you have the stuff because there was some pieces that I put in this year's set that I have had for years and have wanted to use but sometimes it's just like the way the set goes or the keys of, and genres that you're in it just doesn't work and you can't use it so it's like you got the folder of like super grade A stuff that's just primed to be used but like finally you know this year it fit and I can use it somewhere so yeah yeah well it's definitely a community out there and people like to share back and forth you're based out of Kelowna currently uh, my girlfriend and I moved to Calgary in October, but I lived in Kelowna my whole life. Yeah, so we're Calgarians now. We're really liking it. It's in a sweet city. That's cool. Uh, what's what's on tap for you in the next six months or so? Are you going to be going on tour? Are you going to be uh, doing any of our shows? Any of our festivals? I have a few more festivals to do. Motion Notion and Rifflandia. Rifflandia is in Victoria. Motion Notion is in uh, Merritt this year. Uh, I've been playing in Motion for a long time. Uh, so doing those uh, I'm definitely going to take a couple weeks off right now because it's just been like straight work doing the album and then was straight into getting ready for Shambhala so literally like the last six seven months have been you know eight ten hour days every single day and uh, my girlfriend has been amazing and put up with all the work and stuff so I definitely going to spend some quality time with her and maybe just do some vacation stuff and relax for a bit but once that is done it'll be back to work and I'm really stoked to take like all the stuff I learned on the album and make a bunch of new music and like a lot of the album stuff I've been making some over over years you know summer is quite new and stuff but uh just learn so much there's there's like 11 11 different singers eight or nine different uh instrumentalists and like a lot of different genres and stuff on the album so it was just like a really cool exercise in making all sorts of different music and working with session musicians and so many singers and stuff so I've definitely grown a lot from that whole process and now I'm really stoked to do a whole bunch more new things and learn things and make all sorts of new stuff. So, uh, You said you just put out a new album. What's the name of the album? Where can people check that out? Uh, it's everywhere that you can find digital music for sure. The album's called Take a Stand. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of like conscious music, a lot of politically infused music, 
a lot of different genres of electronic music like there's a lot of uh, funk and drum and bass and then like some real roots reggae type songs some really amazing reggae artists and yeah funk singers and just all sorts of stuff it's kind of like it's a lot of music that I've really just been feeling that I wanted to make just topically about the current climate of the planet just a lot of songs that I wanted to make that that meant something to me and I wanted to put that out uh, most of the music I put out over the last like 10 or 12 years has been like party focused and stuff like that and and this album still has a lot of those elements too but I wanted to make something that when I look back and put on the record in 10 years I can be like yeah this meant a lot to me and still does and still will have a meaning in 10 years as opposed to just being like a big loud noisy party banger that you know will have a certain shelf life and stuff so these it was definitely like a personal album that I wanted to get out and yeah the the reception of it's been really interesting it's, it's been really good uh, when you put out political ideas and like talk about topics that like make people uncomfortable and make people think about things it, it's interesting seeing all sorts of the reactions but it's definitely been overly positive like 99% so it's, it's cool it's cool to have the the conversations and and just put it out there yeah, word up. Well, like being that G Radio is ostensibly named after a track by Rage Against the Machine, I'm definitely into political music and music with a message. I've always felt that music is the best way to spread a message across a lot of people because it's something that people can identify to, people will remember with, and it seems pure and artistic. So having a message to a music just adds so much to any track, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. I feel more artists should really get their voice out there if they have, if they feel a certain way or they want to see some change because the, the people with the voices are the ones that can make the most change. Change. Absolutely, absolutely agree. Yeah, word up. Yeah, you said you've been to lots of countries. You've been doing a lot of tours. Do you have a favorite place to go? A place you want to go back to, uh, or anything like that? Uh, I love playing everywhere. I mean, like playing in Canada is definitely my favorite for sure. I go to New Zealand and Australia. Uh, I've pretty much gone every year. Uh, for the last eight or nine years, I think, and the scenes out there are amazing too. Uh, play a lot of really cool festivals out there. Uh, Rainbow Serpent, Earth Frequency Festival, those are both uh, in Australia, Northern Base in New Zealand. Uh, there's definitely some other ones too. There's a lot of good parties out there and a very similar scene to Canada, I find, which is why I really like it too. So like a lot of uh, diversity in music styles, the people are really up for it and really fun to play to. They make a lot of noise, they dance, you know, they're they're open to the multi-genre stuff that I do. And there's some, yeah, there's some really good pockets to play in over there. So that, and I've done Europe tons of times and those tours always turn into a, like a bit of a one or two month grind to like hit all the places and kind of make the tours worth it and everything. So as I've gotten a bit older and like in a nice relationship, I don't quite want to be gone for like two months all the time like that so the other tours I can kind of condense a bit more I was down in Central America uh, this year for Envision and Bamboo Bass and those were amazing uh, so much yeah there's amazing stuff going on all over the world so I'm really grateful for that yeah I've heard a lot about Envision isn't Bamboo founded by like some people from Canada I thought like I knew some of the people that are founders like Jordy Grant or something like yeah. that yeah Bamboo's Jordy's uh, baby and he's he works for PK he's doing the sound in the in the fractal right now he's a great guy he was actually I was a teacher in Kelowna at a music school called Cato and uh, I I went to school there and learned how to make uh, make music and engineer and from 2004 to 2006 and then I was a teacher there from probably 2008 
seven or eight till 2010, 11, something like that. Then I started like touring more and then I kind of had to make the choice to go to go full steam music. But that was like my last job before before I became a full independent musician. Uh, and Jordy was one of my students. And, and there's been a few few students uh, that I've met along the way that have gone on to do awesome things. So, yeah, but super proud of Jordy. He's done a great job with Bamboo. We, we did it uh, just this last this last, uh, well, our winter, but it's hot down in Costa Rica, so it was a great party, and that was a week before uh, Envision, and so yeah, I uh, did Bamboo Bass, and then drove a couple hours and went and did Envision, yeah, it was a really nice, both festivals were super awesome, yeah. Yeah, when you have a party on a, on a tropical beach, it's always going to be a good festival. Um, just because we're sitting down here, I thought I'd tell the story of why I uh, brought you in. I asked you for the interview. Uh, little known fact, uh, back when G Radio was first being founded, way back in the day, we were at a festival called Mad Hatter. Uh, I went there. I was just an idea. I actually named the, the, the station on the drive up to the festival. And I wanted to go and you know try to talk to some people and some musicians. And people put it on the festival to try to get in, might work my way into the music scene because I'd never been a part of that. And I remember I was talking to Sarah and you and I, I ended up meeting you at this festival and I was explaining to you that, you know, uh, it was my dream to kind of start a radio station in Edmonton that was focused exclusively within local music and stuff like that. And I kind of pitched you the idea to see what you thought about it. And you said, that sounds awesome. Like, you know, if you make that, I'll gladly give you my music and you can play it. And I was like, to me, super inspiring, you know, to just, just on the first thing I ever did and like having a, a, an artist kind of support you like that. Uh, I went back home to Edmonton after the festival, worked hard at building a website and getting some music on there. And then when you came back to Edmonton a few months later, uh, I saw you at the show and I said, hey man, like I did it and it's up and running. Can I still get your music? And you said, for sure, man, I'd be happy to support. And it was such a, you know, have a little bit of star power, a little bit of name branding behind something that I just built was the best. And it made such a difference to me. And then to be here now at Shambhala and talking to you here, it's just, it's like, it's come full circle for me. And it's just, I'm so happy that you come in and sit down here for a moment as well. I'm proud of you, man. Good job. I'm all I'm all about like uh, and for mostly for myself, uh, just making things happen. I like I remember one thing my my stepdad taught me a long time ago is that if you don't ask, you don't get. And so it's always sweet to like just reach out to people and see what you can make happen. And especially when you have a vision for something and working towards that vision and making it happen. I, I mean, a lot of the music I make is that way. It's like, oh, I'd love to work with this guy or I, you know, just think of a song or think of a vocal or whatever. And it's like the steps and the process to making that happen. And it's pretty much you can always do it. There's always a, a way to make it happen so I always like you know I'm always try to be there for people who are on their own path to do those things you know so I'm always happy to help and that's great man I'm really happy that all worked out and it was my pleasure yeah thanks so much it meant a lot to me uh, one other quick thing this is just a totally random story as well uh, after that all happened we were um, back in university in the frat house, there was an alumni. His name was Carl. He's a super cool dude. We used to hang out. We were hanging out at his house one time and just chilling. And he was always telling about his kid who was playing music. And we're like, yeah, yeah, Carl. Okay, that's cool. Got a kid playing music. And then me and my friend Grant, who was at the house with me, we were driving to Shambhala. I think it was our first year. We're looking over the schedule. And he's like, yo, I think Carl said his son is Sticky Buds. And I'm like, what? Like, how could this be? Like, no way. So I texted Sarah, who is a mutual friend of ours, and I was like, okay, what is Tyler's last name? And she got back to me and it's like, it's Martin's, and I couldn't believe it. I actually know your dad. <laughs> well, my last name is actually Martens, just for the Oh, I blew it. 
<laughs> but my dad is great, man, and it, that's so funny because he always talked about his fraternity, which is Phi Delta Theta. I heard that so much growing up, and yeah, I get you know I get my musical ability from my dad, and that's such a great uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing connection uh, and a totally random one at that. But yeah, big ups, pops. So I he was uh, he his whole family they were musicians growing up. They had a music school that him and all his brothers. He has five. Uh, he has four brothers and one sister. All their names start with K. And, uh, yeah, they had a music school growing up. And, you know, they taught music. They played music. They were in a band. And my dad's an amazing guitar player and a great singer. And, uh, yeah, so he passed that on down to me. And that's cool. That's cool. Have you met him? Did you meet him? You met him at the fraternity. Yeah. he When we were in the frat house, he actually came by as an alumni to be, like, a chapter advisor. Like, you know, come and hang out with right. his kids. Give us some, some tips and some advice, you know, from back in the day. And he was great. Like, honestly, he was so wise and, like, super you know take it like do it your own way like we're not going to try to tell you what to do you guys are men you know yeah. do your own thing and it was just so nice to have a guy that was there like you know you could ask him anything you'd talk to him about whatever but he wasn't there to judge he wasn't giving you any problems he's just there to be a mentor and it was sweet he used to have us over at his house have dinner with us and it was just like super awesome and like when we were driving to Shambhala and we made that connection, we were so, could not believe it. <laughs> we could not believe that that was what happened and it was the coolest thing ever. That's awesome, huh? Big ups, pops. Yeah. Big ups, pops. My, my dad too, that's, that's why I'm here too. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and doing this interview, man. Uh, it was a, it's a pleasure. Uh, so for people, if they want to check you out, do you got tours coming through Edmonton or anything else that they can check you out immediately on? Uh, I'm going to be doing like those couple festivals, Motion Ocean and Riflandia, and then in the wintertime, usually like from Halloween weekend till, uh, you know, New Year's, I do a Western Canada tour and some other dates in Canada and probably go down to the States and stuff. So those tours will come out. I'm usually in most of the big cities doing that and uh, yeah, having a great time. Fuck yeah. Uh, we'll make sure you check out Sticky Buds, one of the coolest dudes. Always throws down a good set. I go to your show every time you're in town. It's always a blast, man. I love it. Uh, thanks so much for sitting down with us uh, from gradio.ca. This is Jeff. Uh, we'll catch you later. We've got some more interviews coming up, and we're right out of here. The Village Stage, Shambhala. Peace out. My pleasure. Big ups, G Radio. Big up. 